Hi there, we are listening to Lights On, Jessica Denson. And uh, let's pull up. And accountability. I'm Jessica Denson. We demand accountability. And still, case no accountability for a long time, but you and I have huh? both. We demand yeah. accountability. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. I have a very special guest and Trump insider with me today. She's going to speak for the first time about the latest Trump family corruption as we await the first January 6th indictments any day now from both Jack Smith and Connie Willis and dissect the surprise superseding indictment the special counsel issued last night in Florida. Donald J. Trump is now up to 40 counts for his alleged criminal misdeeds at Mar-a-Lago, including attempting to corruptly destroy surveillance footage. It's the cover-up and it's the crimes. The many, many crimes of Donald J. Trump. I'm joined today by whistleblower, philanthropist, fashion industry veteran, and author of the New York Times bestseller, Melania and Me, The Rise and Fall of My Friendship with the First Lady. Please join me in welcoming such a special guest to Lights On, my friend, Stephanie Winston-Walkoff. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You know how special it is to have you here with me. We are definitely later in this episode going to go over kind of how we forge this friendship, but... At the heart of it is just our shared common cause that Donald Trump absolutely must be held accountable. So just right off the bat, Stephanie, I mean, how do you feel seeing this latest superseding indictment, knowing that we are finally, it is late, like I always say, but finally on the cusp of indictments for January 6th? What are your thoughts? I mean, as you know, and we've spoken a lot about this, um, accountability is something that we've share in our, um, I guess, in, in the way that we've handled our situations with Donald Trump and Melania Trump and the Trump family, um, accountability means everything and justice means everything. And we're finally seeing that happen. And I know it's taken a very long time, but you and I have both said to each other, there's no possible way that this human being could get away with everything that he's done and still face no accountability. But that's what kept on happening. So as we sit here today, we now are seeing all of these indictments come down and we are hearing the truth, facts, and they are from other people, other voice recordings, other text messages, other signals. And it's nothing that's transparent in Trump world. Everything that needs to be, that should be, finally is in the hands of Jack Smith. So much is in the hands of Jack Smith. You and I were talking before before we jumped on this uh, recording, and there's some really interesting material in this superseding indictment. And I'm going to go through it in a minute, but just to, to refresh our viewers, there's there's three additional counts against Donald Trump. Two of them are for this new uh, code, USC 1512B uh, and C, which are altering, destroying, mutilating, or concealing an object and corruptly altering, destroying, mutilating, or concealing a document, record, or other object. And this, of course, has to do with the evidence that Jack Smith has amongst Trump, Walt Nauta and the new defendant, Carlos de Oliveira, about attempts to destroy surveillance footage. Um, there's not direct evidence that it was destroyed, but there is evidence that Trump wanted it to be destroyed, wanted it to be concealed, removed, deleted. And within this superseding indictment, there's this text exchange 
that, my goodness, sounded so familiar to me. I'm sure it sounded familiar to you, Stephanie. I'm just going to read it. This is a text mem- a text from a Trump family member to Walt Nauta, and it says, Good afternoon, Walt. Happy Memorial Day. I saw you put boxes to Poach's room. Just FYI, and I will tell him as well. Not sure how many he wants to take on Friday on the plane. We will not have a room for them. Plane will be full with luggage. Thank you. Stephanie, does this sound like somebody you know? (laughs) Oh boy, it sounds like someone I know all too well. Smiley face emoji. Um, You know, Melania Trump has a way of writing things. And I am extremely familiar with that. And um, I know that she has not been caught up in this case, nor has um, any evidence been shared with any of us that Melania actually wrote that text, um, but I do in- agree with you that I think it will come to light that that is a Melania Trump special. What do you think about the, the possibility that Do- Melania Trump could be a witness in this case or or sh- should or has been called? I don't. I, I think that there's no evidence that I've seen, but sure as, sure as heck seems like there's evidence that Jack Smith has that includes communications by Melania Trump. I, mean, I, I think Melania Trump was subpoenaed several times in different investigations, uh, whether or not she complied with them and what she actually handed over is going to be, I think, a shock to all of us. Um, I do believe that between her texts and Signal and WhatsApp and also her many different emails um, that she uses, that there absolutely is um, you know, going to be evidence that shows that she understood what was going on and that she was a part of everything that really does go on with Donald and is very much aligned with his thinking and the way that they uh, support each other. Forget about being a transactional couple. They are transactional criminal, uh, you know, enterprise. Um, And I I feel that finally, um, Melania, I don't know, you know, again, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't say if spouses are protected um, when it comes to this kind of Um, exposure, but uh, they shouldn't be. Because if you're part of a criminal enterprise, and you're actually, you know, a part of a criminal conspiracy to do everything, again, as you just read the list, goes on and on and on, then I am hoping to see um, some accountability with both Donald and Melania Trump. Yeah, and I I, want to talk to you for sure about some of the recent reporting that I know you haven't commented on before about the just um, continued shady dealings that Melania is involved in to continue the grift post post Trump's presidency. But speaking of that transactional criminal relationship that they have, um, there was this recording or this interview that Trump just did uh, after the superseding indictment or radio interview. And it, it was kind of the question was posed to him in the context of kind of empathy and how does your family feel <laughs> and his answer turns up basically essentially saying um, my wife Yes, or I, I say I'm indicted and my wife says, which crime? <laughs> Can we play that clip for a minute and I'll let you react to it. How is your family holding up? First Lady, Baron, how's the family holding up through all this? Mm-hmm. Well, I try and keep them shielded and out of it. I, I just, you know, stay away from the standpoint of this. But it's always unpleasant when you have to go in and tell your wife uh, that, by the way, uh, tomorrow sometime I'm going to be indicted. And she says, for what? I say, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Normally, you know exactly. No, I have no idea, Jessica, because there's so many different names. So actually, maybe he's telling the truth right there. He has no idea what 
what he's going to be indicted for on that particular day. But, to, you know, to again, if that wasn't what he meant, which most likely it wasn't, I mean, absolutely, Melania Trump is well aware of what goes on in um, Donald's life, as well as watches the news, cry, reads the cry. paper. Um, she is very... much aware of all of the different um, legal accountability things that, that have been happening. And, um, you know, for her, she would always say to me that, quote, you know, I don't live in a bubble and um, people can think what they want. And the reason why she does not speak to the press is because she would prefer for them not to be able to use any of her words against her. And that is intentional. Um, so by Donald saying that, you know, again, it's another it's it's just another. Is it a lie? I can't per se it's a lie, but. Let's just put it this way. It's not as if she isn't aware of everything he's doing. Yeah, it's interesting that you say she is very um, intentional and deliberate with her calculations about what she says or doesn't say. And she she knows, just like I tell people about Donald Trump, and obviously you know this, Stephanie, the guy's not stupid. He is... Hyper, hyper, far from it hyper aware of how um, things are playing out in the media, hyper aware of the rightness or wrongness of his own behavior. And he, as as um, scattered as he may be, he is constantly making calculated decisions as to what is in his best interest and in acting on those impulses. But you mentioned Melania um, kind of really being aware of the legal legal goings on. And I know she was, I had heard reporting that she was very upset with the lawyers in the E. Jean Carroll case for not having uh, questioned E. Jean Carroll more or being tougher on that. And it just, it just made me think of what a uh, non-champion for women Melania is. I mean, you think of some other politicians throughout history who have been in, engaged in, in, you know, sexual escapades and their wives have been determining factors in whether or not they continue to maintain public approval. And you just think for a second, if Donald Trump, and of course he doesn't, but if he had a wife who condemned that behavior and actually stood up for a woman who was sexually violated in such an aggressive and disgusting manner, um, it could have a huge impact on the how we perceive Donald Trump. Look, I think, Jessica, the reality of it all is that Melania's always been like this, right, with him. And 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 I I have to say, when, you know, she told me that it was just locker room talk, you know, they were during right before the election and that would be the one thing that that would you know stymie and not you know donald wouldn't lose because of that it would be the only thing that could stop him from winning you know for me i, I don't know how i could just buy into that language um her, her her belief is so strong and when you're there and you're in front of them and you're talking to them about it it's almost like oh yeah you're right oh my god you know what it is a huge wake-up call. Not only does Melania Trump, you know, know better, she knows better, right? And you know, her 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 language, her her pre-approved quotes that all of her friends, quote unquote, are saying out there. You know, this is what Melania is thinking. This one, those are all things that she genuinely makes herself believe, and those people around her believe it because that is all they are told over and over and over, and she does not hold Donald accountable for anything because she is enjoying the ride with him. It's a very, very comfortable ride, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Spotting 
and, and NFT sales. It's well, tough. It's it, tough. It, it's it's heartbreaking and so just, I mean, almost delusional that you would leave the office of the first lady and not actually do something with that role and to create NFTs and to create this ability to, you know, use that platform to continue to grift off of the American people to me is just disgusting. And she's gotten away with it. She's used Donald's super PACs. She's been paid personally by them. She's been paying her, uh, you know, this, this right here, we were talking about earlier, Trump super PAC, you know, literally paid Melania $155,000 in 2021. Now on the first filing, it didn't say what it paid her for, right? It was an organization called um, Designers Management Agency. And so it did not list out what that was for. Later, we learned in the new filing that that was for Melania Trump because she is a client of that company. And um, when you, the super PAC was asked what it was for, you know, at first it was for her design consulting. Then it was for her flower arrangements. Then it was for, you know, the floral decor and the table setting. But when you break it down and you actually, again, continue to read these articles and information, um, it was also for her, I think, saying a few words. So she made about that one dinner, I think it was 20 couples, 40 people total. Each couple had to pay $250,000 to attend at Mar-a-Lago. She made over $3,000 a plate that night just for showing up to her husband's own hotel to have dinner with people. So it's it, it's just disgusting. Um, it really is. And then Merve Pierre, who I loved and adored, who is Melania's uh, fashion stylist, is also getting creative consulting um, payment from Donald Super PACs as well. And I just go back through the time when I know I had many conversations with Melania to please pay her bay. Just pay him. He just, I mean, he gave up everything. To be I her. remember reading about that in your book. It was disgusting how she didn't pay him. Well, now she figured out a way to pay him. Right? Through other people's money, the poor people around the country that are, and, and just for the context for our viewers and listeners, this is not normal for super PACs to be paying the spouse of can, spouses of candidates. This is not a normal thing. No. They shouldn't be okay with it. No one who supports Donald Trump or believes that Melania Trump is such a beautiful first lady. Is she a beautiful woman? Everyone needs to get past the fact that she's a beautiful face. Because the reality is she has done nothing for anyone. To say that she gave two scholarships out after four years of sitting in the first lady's office and after having making millions off of people, that's what she's handing out her two scholarships? Of course she didn't create a 501c3 because she, there is no transparency for her. She would never allow the government to, to, to actually see where her money that she's raising is being spent. I mean, just never. And Stephanie, just to follow up on that, you were talking about her NFTs. She has co-opted the, the images of NASA in the sales of these NFTs, totally against the law and against NASA's policies. Again, here's the accountability. Right? I mean, we, we keep bringing that up, but if she's not allowed to do that, right? like any other normal citizen, whether you're the president, the first lady, or whomever, there are regulations, rules, rule of law. They break all of them without consequence. So they keep doing it. And Melania has followed suit 
and everything that she's been doing, just like Donald does. It's their way or no way. But it's coming to an end, and I'm so grateful. And I and I want to just I want to take a minute here, Stephanie, because um, I want to do a, a couple of things. I mean, like like I said earlier on, you and I bonded over this push for accountability, and you and this I have been pushing for this literally just for years. Years. Beginning when nobody was listening to either Moana's one of us. And I also, just before I kind of go into that, I want to I want to clarify something about you because. I'm going to be really transparent. This is lights on. We're really transparent here. <laughs> when I have shared things about you in the past, I have seen some of the hate that has come in response to sharing something positive about you. And I think there's so much still um, lingering misconception out there about you from this false stereotype of you as a, a socialite, someone who lives in an ivory tower, someone who just hopped on the Trump bandwagon and was trying to get what was good until that time ran out. This could not be a farther, you know, farther from the truth about who you are. And I say this knowing you, having the pleasure of your friendship, and, and it's just completely the opposite of your character. If you look, and I encourage our, you know, viewers and listeners, read this wonderful book that, that Stephanie has written. But if you look at your trajectory, you had everything to lose and nothing to gain by helping Melania Trump and Donald Trump and Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, quite frankly. You had all the connections, all of the um, access from your years of hard work in the fashion and entertainment industry um, and philanthropy and they wanted your access they used you and you went in much like i did you know coming not coming from a political background just wanting seeing this as an opportunity of public service and thinking oh my god what incredible opportunities are here to help the american people um, I just really want people to know who you are because your heart is true and it's why you're sitting here with me today never never letting go of this push for truth and accountability. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, no, I really I wholeheartedly appreciate you know that and I appreciate you and um, I think that our lives are intertwined and we got to know each other. I think through the pain that we both endured and we continue to endure because we were attacked in such ways that is just unimaginable, truly. Um, you have the full weight, really, of the Department of Justice on you, and the First Lady and the President of the United States. And for you, you know, I think we also share the fact that people don't really know me, but also I think a lot of people don't know you, right? People haven't had the opportunity to really get to know Jessica in the way that I have, and what you've gone through, and, and the success of what you've done to hold the Trumps accountable um, with non-disclosure agreements. You really pushed forward. You worked so hard and you showed that by being, you know, sticking with it, doing the hard work on your own, right? Without the financial backing of someone saying, oh, I'm gonna take care of everything. No, you did it. You proved the point. You did it on your own. And yes, you have the support of incredible people now and you're fortunate to have that. But you've, really suffered so much and you stuck with it like I and I think that the two of us can say that you know um can't often say in life like why did this happen to me and I have to believe that there had to be a reason why I gave up everything to help the Trumps and it is 
and it was for our country, believing that we were, it was a bigger cause and that we did have a platform to create children's initiatives and the list goes on and on. But I do feel this sense of, um, you know, wanting to just make sure that people also do read about your story and hear about your, you know, what, what you've gone through to get where you are and the way that you are intimidated by so many men in the Trump universe and how they used your vulnerabilities and my vulnerabilities against us and how you were able to, you know, and you still do every day fight for the truth. So thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. That's, that's, you know, how much it, I, I'm, again, I'm just going to be super transparent. I don't, I don't talk about this a lot. Um, and you and I talked about this a little in our phone conversation before this because it's kind of like I'm not here to um, lights on and, and my cause is just about it's about bringing the cause to accountability. It's not about, you know, showing the victimhood of Jessica Denson. That's never what I have been about. But for perspective, because I know I'm not the first woman in history who's going to encounter this and I sure as hell won't be the last. Um, you know, my story, like you're mentioning, has not really been mainstreamed. And I just want to thank you, Stephanie Winston-Walcoff, because you have been intrinsic in getting my story known to a lot more people than knew it before I knew you. And that's so beautiful. And I was literally, like, I was in tears the other night just thinking about it. And, and I, again, I'm not going to call out anybody by name, but if you think about all of the former Trump insiders who have come out and, you know, turned a page and then spoken out against Trump and written books and everything, um, I don't think a single one has reached out to me, Stephanie. You're the only one. You're the only one. And again, it's, it, and I think one of the reasons why, and as you know, there are people that we've spent time with that were former um, administration people that are friends, right? They're not, that are reaching out just random, but as, as you would think they would, right? Yeah. Someone who's gone through what you've gone through would reach out to you to say, are you okay? Text yeah. anything. We have our tight little group and it, we have it because, again, it's about people that genuinely care about each other and also um, everyone's well-being, safety, health, and also the fact that we were all there for the right reason. We weren't there to lie. We weren't there to create you know, another story. And we didn't share our stories to get more people just to come in and buy into it. The reality is no one was listening. Yeah. No one wanted to hear the truth because the access to the Trump White House was meant more to the mass media than the truth. And had people listened and people actually taken into account that maybe there were some people that were trying to tell the truth. Um, and warn. we were trying to warn the country and the world. I mean, I was I got one opportunity to go on CNN in 2019. It was like about a week before Cohen's uh, congressional hearing. And I I took that whatever 10 minutes they gave me. And I said, we need all hands on deck like this guy is attacking our freedom. And we need to we need to see this and do something about it. And. That's when, especially when I was losing my case. I mean, it's become different once I won. I want people to see what's possible through legal efforts. But when I was losing, I wanted people to see, my God almighty, we have a dictator in the White House. He will, he will take normal citizens like me and turn them into political prisoners. This is the kind of person that this is. Please listen. Um, and you didn't have the platform. You weren't given the stage, the platform, or the voice. No one wanted to give you that voice. And again, what does it do? 
It just keeps Trump's voice in the forefront where nobody is listening to the details because the details matter. We didn't go on and discuss the things that we did on, the, on, on any network out of a justification for ourselves. We did it to, to warn people, this is who they are, this is what they are capable of, and this is what they've done. So when someone says, how could you tape Melania Trump? I am so thankful and grateful that I taped Melania Trump because had I not, Southern District of New York, grand jury subpoena that I had received, I would have ended up in a really different place than I am today. And let me tell you something, no one was coming to my aid at all, just like no one was listening to what you had to say. So I think, I, and I hope that people start to understand the detriment that these people have on lives of everyday people. They do, and they will turn on, it doesn't matter your income level, your background, anything. They will, if you come into conflict with their interests, this is what I've said again and again, the moment that your well-being and the well-being of your family comes into conflict with their priorities, 100%. you're over, you're destroyed. And that's what every single Trump supporter, God help them, that still exists out there needs to understand. This man will turn on you the moment that it serves him, North Korea style. This is who he is. Be, be warned. This and is warned. this and, and not just them. The fact that they have the, their allies in such powerful positions. I mean, when I you know, was watching Cassidy Hutchinson during you know, her congressional hearing, I could not believe when she testified that Stefan Pazentino was her lawyer that really was trying to silence her. That's who I went to in the White House when I got there, when I first got there to say, hey, this is what I've witnessed. This is, these are, this is the nefarious activity. This is the illicit activity that I believe is going on around us. Instead of like the White House ethics lawyer making sure that we actually had some accountability at that time, the, that White House ethics lawyer actually, at the end of the day, left the White House to go work at Trump or so we know who we're dealing with, right? These are the type of people that are willing to give up and give in to anything in order to stay in power. And if we don't hold them accountable, like we are able to today, yes, like Jack Smith is, this would have gone on forever. And I don't. It's scary to think what would have happened to all of us. Yeah, and it's scary to think what will happen. Yes. God forbid we let this man anywhere near the White House in 2024, 2025. People need to understand. You're talking about Stefan Bassettino and how he basically just left government to become a Trump lackey and how he was there to stand up for ethics and what he did was totally corrupt and he was silencing people who were coming forward with ethical concerns, including you. People need to understand that God forbid Donald Trump returns to the White House. These are the only Kind of people that he is going to put into so-called public service into his administration people who have no qualms people who have no ethics no guardrails people who will do his bidding no matter what i saw it happen in the final month months of his presidency when he was firing department heads and putting in acting people i saw him rehire the the, the most uh you oh. know aggressive subject of my lawsuit against the Trump campaign, someone who had been in and out of service, someone who had had congressional demands that he be removed from his post. He was ushered right back into the White House, given a top 
post in cybersecurity of all things, completely unqualified for that position. And these, and, and by the way, immediately took a leave to help Trump investigate quote unquote voter fraud and raise over a half a million dollars to do it. I mean, these are the kinds of people, these are the kinds of people who will be running the United States government. Talk about weaponized government, which we're going to talk a lot of more, more about. God forbid Trump gets back in the White House. And Melania, too. I mean, honestly, those are the type of people. And as I was there right after the inauguration, hiring people, really group of women to take over the East Wing and create these incredible. Must be a national priority. initiatives. I wasn't allowed, right? I was getting in the way of Ivanka and Jared in the East Wing. I was getting in the way of creating something real um, for the First Lady of the United States of America. That was a problem. I mean, if that's a problem, then we really had a problem. And I had a problem. I was the problem. I was in the way. I was in the way of the Trumps doing whatever they wanted. And I had to be dealt with. And they dealt with me. I didn't give up as they assumed I would. Call under a rock. And I will never fall under a rock. I want to talk so much more about how they dealt with you and how you fought. Your story is such an important um, example, both for your fight and for the, the just heinousness and cruelty of, of the way they operate. Um, but let's just take a quick break for our sponsor and we'll be right back. Let's not. We've all heard the famous line, try it free for 30 days. Yeah, well, that's just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. First time I heard your voice, um, I've never told you this, but it was when you were on Rachel Maddow just over the radio, and you know how it hit me, it hit me because I've lived through this. Um, can you just tell, tell our viewers and listeners what that pressure feels like of ha knowing you have vital information that you need to share and being silenced and suppressed. So um, it's uh, suffocating. It really is. It's, um, I had several NDAs, the Presidential Inauguration Committee's NDA, uh, the White House's NDA, and um, when I was subpoenaed, as I said earlier, by the grand jury, uh, for the Southern District of New York, and then later by the District, you know, the Attorney General for the District of Columbia, Carl Racine, as well as the Intelligence Committee by Adam Schiff, um, and uh, the list goes on, as well as by the Trumps. Um, I was trying to figure out how do I not? Even, I'm not even allowed to tell my own mother that I have gotten a, a, a grand jury subpoena. You know, allowed, so I didn't. Um, I couldn't talk about it. I could not go up against the New York Times after they've lied that I had received $26 million from the inauguration. Um, I couldn't say anything because under that NDA, you're silenced, you're gagged. And my biggest, most horrible thing that I've dealt with, I think, in this entire journey in the last seven years was that NDA. And so when you can't speak, you can't tell your truth, and you can't make sure that 
people hear you for who you are, when you have the facts, the evidence, the, the black and white of it all, it is, um, it's so, it, it's, it, it creates such a depression. It creates PTSD. It creates, I mean, the emotions that I've felt um, and that people feel are real. And they not only affected me, they affected my entire family. Um, this was horrible. What the, what the Trumps did, there is no, there are no words for it. They, they truly, it's inhumane. And um, thankfully, the Department of Justice um, did, with my incredible lawyers, who I had hired while I was still working in the White House. I want people to really understand this. I didn't wait till anything had, after I'd gotten thrown under the bus. No, I hired lawyers while I was still in the White House because I knew that there were things going on that should not be. And I was going to make sure that they were going to be held accountable and that I was not because I was scared. You're being told what to say and how to say it by the most powerful people in the world. I can understand how most people actually go along with it. Thankfully, thankfully, I am who I am. I, I, I could never lie to you about what someone said or didn't say. I will always repeat the truth because that's all that comes out of my mouth. You know, as you know, when you're mm -hmm. asked a question by your prosecutor, your lawyers want you to say, you know, hey, Jessica, is your blouse white? They want you to say, yes, me? They, the, you know, lawyers, they, they love me also because I'm not only going to always say, yes, it's white, and they want me to stop there, but I'm yes. going to keep going. My irises, and I, love the, and I love your red lipstick and your earrings. I just want to give. I'm an open book. Yeah. And because the media didn't want to get into the nitty gritty at the time and believe the New York Times headlines and the stories um, and use me as the face of the inauguration's rift of $107 million was something that nobody had to talk about anymore. So it was thrown on me. Um, unfortunately, that would have opened up a lot of doors very early on. It was all of those people I wrote about in my book are now the people at the forefront of all of these investigations. Right? So you still have Boris Epstein. You still have Donald Trump. You still have, again, I, the list goes on and on. Stefan Pazantino's of the world and all of these individuals need to be stopped. And we need everyone out there to start understanding that we are just human beings who are here for a very short period of time on this world. And we hopefully can make a difference in the lives of others. I pray that people that are listening to this really, really listen and understand that corruption and the disingenuineness and the um, deceit and the deception is all very real and that they want nothing good for you at all. And if you think otherwise, I don't know how to explain to you that they tried to take my life down. And I mean, I almost died. I was in the hospital for over a month, uh, two spinal fusions later, and the first lady, Melania Trump, actually said publicly that I brought that upon myself. So it's sick. It's sick. And no, not one person commented on it. Not one. It's the first time I'm actually even talking about it. I brought that upon myself. How dare you? So I want Melania Trump to know that she will be held accountable. And she will have to answer certain questions at a certain point in time. Because her talking points mean nothing, absolutely nothing. And I do hope the investigators do have her signals that I have. And I hope that they have her text messages. And I hope that they have every email 
as was written on a non-government email address. Because those emails show Melania is very well aware of everything. What you said about her making that sick comment that you brought it upon yourself, it, it to me is a reflection of every single gaslit effort that they make uh, to try to deflect their misdeeds, their criminality on other people. Um, before I go more into that, Stephanie, I just want to tell you, you know I've told you this one-on-one, -on -one. you have so earned your right to take your peace and your happiness back. Um, what you went through was unthinkable, um, and you are totally worthy of, of peace now for the path that you have chosen to take. And so are you. You know, I do. I, I, I do believe that we um, will feel some comfort in just knowing. Again, I, I, don't, I don't wish bad on anyone. I don't wish bad on the Trumps. I just wish that they are held accountable for what they've done. If they've done nothing wrong. If anyone's done nothing wrong, those people should be front and center. They should answer a subpoena. They should show up in front of court. They should, they should testify openly. Obviously, there's so much to hide. We know that. I'm not, you know, I say to myself every day, I only wish on Melania what she wishes on me. And that is, I hold very true. Otherwise, I'm not, I wouldn't want to be the person that they are ever. I can go to sleep at night feeling good about myself and knowing that my heart is in the right place. I genuinely, genuinely hope that justice is served upon them. Even when iota of what has happened to all of us yeah and it's not it's not retribution it's not addictiveness it's it's a let it's a it's a evening of the playing field and a justice for the many people an entire country if not world that donald trump victimized and um you know stephanie you know i've spoken to the, you about this personally too for me it's i always say justice for donald trump is a gift to this man i mean and even for melania it doesn't matter matter how many spa days you give that woman she's not truly satisfied and happy no. that is not that is not a happy existence that is a very empty vacuous existence um you know real real fulfillment and love and joy comes from truth comes from comes from dealing with the things in our lives that are hard that ultimately you know test our character and force us to grow and here in donald trump and melania trump and i would argue that entire family they have never they have never um permitted themselves to experience that personal growth that brings actual fulfillment so you've got a really miserable bunch there <laughs> that i think at the end of the day whether they will ever admit it on this earth or not, are greatly benefited themselves by accountability. Oh, 100%. But, you know, for them, perception is everything, right? It doesn't matter what their reality really is. And they really do live that by that. Um, you know, the fact that Jared and Ivanka have, you know, sort of slid away under the radar right now, or so people think. Again, I do believe that they are um, involved in, in, in some way. Uh, that's for us to talk about it later, but I, I really feel that, you know, the disingenuous, I use that word, and they want people to believe something. So they make you believe that they believe it, that 
a certain point, I really do believe that they actually start believing it. Because Melania's, her interests are all about herself. And the fact that, again, I'm just, I don't want to hear anymore that it's about Barron and it's about her parents. Okay? Because when Donald used Barron in, a, in, in, in one of his tweets and made him, you know, the, the highlight of, 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 of going after, of debating President Biden, Melania didn't say a word. But when anybody else, while I was there, brought up Barron's name, I had to go on the attack. And by the way, blame her. Barron's off limits. I don't care what age he is. You know, people are like, oh, but he's now turning 18. No, no. Barron is a child. He grew up. He was born into this. He didn't ask for this, and he didn't get involved in this. So leave him alone. And that is why I do not speak about that. However, when Donald put Barron up on Twitter, Melania's silent. It just shows you hypocrisy that goes on in these people's lives and the lack of showing any true feeling because Melania should have gone out there and she could have said to her husband you know what take that down I don't want Baron up on there but she didn't that is something she could have easily done that would have been respectful to her son and it would have shown that she actually maybe does care more about Baron than anyone else what did she do zero the playing field and a justice for the many people, an entire country, if not world, that Donald Trump victimized. And, um, you know, Stephanie, you know, I've spoken to you about this personally, too. For me, it's, I always say justice for Donald Trump is a gift to this man. I mean, and even for Melania, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how many spa days you give that woman. She's not truly satisfied and happy. That is, not, that is not a happy existence. That is a very empty, vacuous existence. Um, you know, real, real fulfillment and love and joy comes from truth. Comes from comes from dealing with the things in our lives that are hard, that ultimately, you know, test our character and force us to grow. And here in Donald Trump and Melania Trump, and I would argue that entire family, they have never, they have never. Um, permitted themselves. Jack Smith, get a search warrant for all Trump properties, including Scotland. And seize all of Trump's ill-gotten assets. Christopher Press, Trump for prison to experience that personal growth that brings actual fulfillment. So you've got a really miserable bunch there <laughs> that I think at the end of the day, whether they will ever admit it on this earth or not, are greatly benefited themselves by accountability. Oh, 100%. For them, perception is everything, right? It doesn't matter what their reality really is. And they really do live that by that. Um, you know, the fact that Jared and Ivanka have, you know, sort of slid away under the radar right now, or so people think. Again, I do believe that they are um, involved in, in, in some way. Uh, that's for us to talk about it later. But I, I really feel that 
you know, the disingenuous, I use that word, and they want people to believe something. So they make you believe that they believe it. Because Melania's, her interests are all about herself. And the fact that, again, I'm, I don't want to hear anymore that it's about Barron and it's about appearance. Okay? Because when Donald used Barron in, a, in, in, a, in one of his tweets and made him, you know, the, uh, the highlight of, of, of going after, of debating President Biden, Melania didn't say a word. But when anybody else, while I was there, brought up Barron's name, I had to go on the attack. And by the way, I blame her. Barron's off limits. I don't care what age he is. You know, people are like, oh, but he's now turning 18. No, no. Barron is a child. He grew up. He was born into this. He didn't ask for this, and he didn't get involved in this. So leave him alone. And that is why I do not speak about that. However, when Donald put Barron up on Twitter, one of silent just shows you hypocrisy that goes on in these people's lives. And the lack of showing any true feeling. Because Melania should have gone out there, and she could have said to her husband, you know what, take that down. I don't want Barron up on there. But she didn't. That is something she could have easily done. That would have been respectful to her son, and it would have shown that she... Well, Trump in White House. Trump in White House. And two billion from the Saudis. Two bill from the Saudis. maybe does care more about Barron than anyone else. What did she do? Zero. Except she's put up another NFT. Always about her. Speaking of that hypocrisy, Stephanie, you know, it's not just Donald Trump that we're dealing with. We're dealing with this entire corrupt, spineless, um, perverse, anti-Christian Republican Party that has, um, has aligned themselves unfailingly with him and and decided that they will do his bidding and defend him and a big part of that as 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 is the um playbook of authoritarians around the world let me remind everyone as i try to bring this all into context they constantly deflect onto their political opponents the misdeeds that they are they are committing and engaged in themselves and you see this with this relentless sick I mean, really sick and perverse <laughs> exploitation of um, a recovering addict, Hunter Biden, and, you know, whatever he did as a private citizen um, that really has nothing to do with Joe Biden, vice president, senator, or president at all. It's just deflection. Um, where, where, Stephanie, is the outrage about Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump? 
Yeah, I mean, regardless of whether or not they are um, complying with a subpoena or they are, they flipped or not, that's set that aside. Uh, one Republican has come out to ask about, as we know, as we are constantly reminded of the fact that Jared has received $2 billion um, and Ivanka received millions and millions of dollars in trademarks as well. Um, these two individuals were in the office of the president. I mean, in the administration, senior advisors with access to the most confidential, sensitive information, and access to all of those relationships around the world. And you're going to tell me that not one of those individuals sitting up, the Republican, is asking why are they not being investigated? So, it, it, just out of morality, just out of a moral compass. Why? Oh, dear day. To say something. I mean, I'm sorry, but McCarthy, McConnell, they will say everything in defense of Trump after they've already said the truth about Trump, which is what he did was wrong, hold him accountable. I mean, these people can't, they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth if they do say anything. The fear that these people have, and we wonder, why are they so fearful? At this point, you would think that everyone would have already said, enough is enough. We just want our country back. We just want a rule of law, and we want people to live peacefully. The reality is, so many of them have engaged in the illicit activity with them. And so, they're on the line. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all partners in crime. Yeah, and re you're speaking of all the access that, that Jared and Ivanka had to classified information. I mean, I remember so crystal clear that um, Jared Kushner was not qualified for a security clearance. The security agencies denied him that clearance, and Donald Trump, his father-in-law, overrode that. You were there when that happened, well, weren't you? I was, not only was I there when that happened, it was because of his security clearance and Rob Walker's security clearance that that's when my contract was terminated. General Kelly said, okay, you know what? We have too many problems here. It wasn't like I was fired, because I wasn't fired. My contract was a White House contract that was created. Again, long story short, it led to being ended because of Jared and Rob Walker, who, as you know, another Trump uh, accolade, you know, just, I don't even want to get into it because it's, it's horrifying who these people really are what they've been accused of and what they've been proven to have done. All of them, Donald, were given the keys to the office and they used them everywhere they went. So it just shows you who's really in control. But what hurts the most, I think, is that there were people there for the right reason. So many of them haven't spoken up. And I don't know why. Why? Why? certain individuals that sat in that Oval Office not spoken up and shared the truth with the American people. That I don't understand. Excellent question. Well, if they're, if they're blaming it on an NDA they signed in 2016, that'll soon be out the window. Thanks to you. Absolutely. <laughs>
people need to understand that, right? And I don't think enough people understand what you're doing, Jessica. And you need to explain it because you do it a lot better than I do because you're the one doing all the hard work and leg footwork and you're making it possible for these people to actually come forward, right? Like, so it's, it's critical. Should be condemned for their inaction for the past two and a half years. for their inaction. Two and a half. Immediately, if they were charged, yeah, well, many, many of the people that went into the Trump White House, as you know, came from the Trump campaign in 2016, and there wasn't a single person that went to work for that campaign that was not required as a condition of their employment or even as a condition of volunteering or being an independent contractor. Like I always say, even people that were not even paid had to sign away for life, for life, their right to criticize anything relating to Donald Trump, his family members, his What about charging? Litany of unnamed companies. There's this vague provision that anything that Donald Trump deems confidential is confidential. Like you can just divine that what he uh, sees you say is now confidential and says, oh, that's confidential. You violated the NDA. So there are hundreds, if not thousands of people who are living under these provisions have been. So I'm tweeting this. <clears throat> uh, the Justice Department and uh, CrimDiv, DOJ CrimDiv. It's hotter than a bitch. work for the entire presidency of Donald Trump. Um, the campaign, a little bit after losing time after time with me in court, conceded that at least for their part, they weren't going to enforce that agreement. But that said nothing about the hundreds, hundreds of third parties that are purportedly empowered to enforce this NDA against people. I mean, entities as obscure as, you know, the fragrance company for, for Ivanka Trump or, you know, whatever entity Tiffany Trump or Jared Kushner may have could, could um, purportedly 
through the terms of this agreement have a right to enforce this NDA. So we pushed forward. That's why we didn't give up then. We pushed forward and said there has to be a court order enjoining also third parties from ever having a legal right to enforce the terms of this agreement. And we have a preliminarily approved settlement that is um, going to final hearing on October in October of this year. And then hopefully it's a done deal and these people are free forever. So Stephanie, I speaking about these NDAs, I really wanted to hone in on one of the NDAs that you signed. And that was this NDA that was almost like a, I read it, I gotta tell you, it was like a slave agreement to me. This, this agreement that Melania Trump had you sign to basically work for her for free which i did which you did and then when you finally when you finally wrote your book which was let people again understand let's correct some misconceptions here you weren't holding out to write some book like so many of these people have who didn't have the courage to speak out until they could get a paycheck you didn't take an advance on your book you wrote that book as an act of conscience to get the truth out when you finally did they weaponized the Department of Justice, Bill Barr, against you and sued you for violating that. Clark, all of those names are on my subpoena. Like, it's crazy. Tell us about it. I mean, when the Department of Justice sends you, not only did I get cease and desist from Trump's lawyers in New York at first, um, it wasn't like, oh, the Department of Justice just showed up. No. As a with all of Donald Trump's lawyers tried to stop the publication of Melania and me. Now, you couldn't sue me for defamation because every single word in that book is true and it's based on fact. And I dedicated the first uh, hard fact to Melania because I know that I have the evidence to prove every word of it. And so does she. So what did they do? They did many cease and desist. They went after Simon and Schuster. They tried to stifle my voice. I was not going to have it. So what did they do? That's called weaponization. That's they Obar, Ron Eastman, Clark, all of them sent me United States of America versus Stephanie Winston Walcott. And it was on behalf of not just Donald Trump, Melania Trump. So no one's really spoken about the fact that Melania weaponized. Melania was given the power to weaponize the Department of Justice against an individual who worked for her for free in order to implement everything that she was doing. That to me is such an alarming, you know, again, let alone Donald doing it. Soviet, unthinkable. This is, this is what people need to understand. This is like, this is, this is what we are fighting in Ukraine. Okay. This is Putin's world. This is the world of Belarus, leaders like Lukashenko, King, Kim Jong-un, people that absolutely weaponize government against any dissent whatsoever. And they have the gall to hold these hearings to create a weaponization committee alleging that it is the other party, that it's Joe Biden, who is obscene allegation that Joe Biden is anti-free speech or anti uh, freedom when Donald Trump and you and I are living proof of this was the enemy of free speech time and time again and destroyed lives over it to suppress and censor criticism of him. A hundred percent and the family and truthfully when I wrote Melania and me it was about just revealing who these people really are and also making sure that everyone not only knew who Melania was but also who Ivanka was because God forbid 
let someone like that back into the White House as well, same thing will happen. And we have to make sure that it doesn't happen. So that is why I had to speak up and speak out. And by disclosing the information that I did, and again, I only recorded for my protection, and I've only shared very little of what I've recorded. And the reality of that is, I didn't do it to say a gotcha. I did it because, oh my God, Melania told me she was going to allow the White House to say that I, Stephanie Winston Walkoff, got $26 million and I was fired. And she did. And you know what? No. The mass, mass, masses of people, everyone's got their own life, everyone's got their own issues. And we all have to respect everyone's.